All right. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to what is the 12th episode of Two Minute Travel. Uh, can you believe it? Co-host Samantha Fryer. Oh my god, 12? I'm actually shocked. I thought this was like the sixth one, maybe. We've talked a lot about travel, and we haven't been traveling. <laughs> <laughs> and so why don't you tell our listeners where you are and what's going on? It's so true. What a good point. Um, well, I'm glad that one of us is actually doing something related to our podcast topic. Um, so yeah, I'm here at Auckland Airport today. I'm traveling to Sydney this afternoon for two weeks for a work trip. Um, and yeah, I sent, I sent Whale on a few, um, you know, little videos of what the airport is like, and, um, we thought this could be a good topic. Yeah. I mean, I think it is quite interesting that a lot of people around the world are doing traveling at the moment. A lot of countries is very normal. Hey, I heard the airport ding, which is kind of cute. Oh yeah. Sorry. You're going to hear a few of us. Hey, look, this is a live (laughs) dispatch guys. We're very excited. I guess my question for you is, is um, like kind of the airport split into like before security, during security and after security. What's the before security situation looking like at Auckland Airport? So um, it was actually, you know, within the check-in area where all the check-in desks are, they have them split into zones. I think it goes A to E. Um, hmm. And so the zone where I was in was E. It was actually busy. And it was only my flight, as far as I could tell, that was checking in. I mean, there might have been a few people there early for a later flight. Um, yeah. But for the most part, it seems like it's only my flight leaving in this, you know, time period. Um, so I was thinking, sure, maybe the flight will be full. Because um, that, oh. that one section was busy. And because um, I think the check-in time at the moment, I've told, is two hours to allow yeah. people time for all of all of the, the admin. Um, but aside from that one chicken, chicken zone E, everything else was empty. The Air New Zealand South chicken is totally closed. You can't do any of that right now. Um, and all of the shops in that, um, part were closed. So like the travel exchange, um, you know, there's usually like a luggage mm. store around mm-hmm. there that was closed. What interest? what was interesting though, got to get a saliva test done. So yeah. it's handy for those people that might've forgotten to get theirs before their flight it's nice to have that that available and if you're not familiar i mean airport i suppose in new zealand the domestic terminal which is you know has had a lot of activity throughout is a separate building it's about a 10 minute walk away so while you know in there there's like a mcdonald's there's quite a few food options the shops are all hustling and bustling the international airport which really for the longest time has essentially been a skeleton service because uh, people couldn't arrive from overseas without having to go into quarantine. Mm-hmm. It's only really just reopened properly for um, international flights and there's are hardly any of them going. And of the ones that are going, they're sporadic. They're hardly any throughout the day. Um, and a lot of them are New Zealand-centric. So for you flying on Qantas at a sort of a random time, the airport seems to be pretty quiet. Yeah, I honestly thought it would be busier than this. But, you know, there's parts of the airport where I was walking through where I was the only person That's there. Which is quite... so strange to think of how busy and bustling and, like, rushing the airport is. Like, you might have to wait in a queue for the bathroom or, you know, if you mm-hmm. want to get something to eat, there's every option you want, but you're probably going to wait in a line. 
Um, yeah. It's just very strange. A year ago now, but when we went through LAX, I kind of mm. found the experience to be kind of similar in the sense that a lot of the, um, like going through security was a breeze because there's hardly anybody. Um, yep. And then like the food options, it was pretty much just Panda Express. And then, <laughs> you know, where the gate was, it was like Alplane and Aeroflot. And those are like in, in the whole wing, which, you know, if you imagine the wing being maybe like 10 gates, there were just two flights. Mm. Yeah. And so, but anyways, okay. So before check-in, pretty quiet. I think you just showed like the McDonald's was open. Yeah, so before security, it was only a McDonald's open in the whole sort of that upstairs dining area. Um, mm-hmm. There's often like a magazine store and some other clothing stores, maybe, I don't know, some beauty stores. Everything was closed except McDonald's. So McDonald's holding out one place open pre-security. And Auckland Airport actually sent out an email or it was a news article maybe about three or four weeks ago saying that due to the, co- the Omicron wave in Auckland, that they may only have one um, food option um, and post security and that uh, sometimes there might not be anything open at all. Um, But I thought that actually might have changed now. You know, the waves past Auckland were on the way down. Um, I thought there might be more places open, but obviously not. And I don't know if it is a staffing issue. It's just that it's probably a demand issue. There's just no one here to to buy food in any of these places. Yeah, and honestly... It's pretty tough when even the relay, which is where kind of like a convenience store slash mm-hmm. dairy, where you could get like, you know, some Cokes or, you know, some reading magazines or a crossword or stuff like that. If that's closed, you know, maybe, especially at the moment, I'm sure it will pick up over time, buy stuff before you get to the airport. Because at the airport, you're going to have a pretty quiet experience. And yeah. you kind of you mentioned um, a, a saliva test. What was sort of the paperwork like to go overseas at the moment? So you have to um, obviously be fully vaccinated for Australia. I think that's just two. Um, oh. And you have to you want to get the international um, flight um, vaccine certificate from uh-huh. from. Um, from New Zealand, and you had to get either a PCR 72 hours before or a rat test 24 hours before. So um, there's a few, like, clinics and stuff that do the PCR, but um, there's pharmacies in New Zealand, so Life Pharmacy, Unichem, and Chemist Warehouse, which are pretty readily available, will do the rat tests for you. It costs me $65, and I got it done. This is for, like, a, like a supervised rat test, pretty much. Correct, supervised. So you still do it yourself but someone sits there and watches you and then as soon as you've done it you go wait and then they um allow 15 minutes and then they give you a a piece of paper that says it was negative um honestly a lot better than having to do um a lot better than having to do a pcr test and it's intrusive mm. too exactly and i um i wasn't quite sure what time frame how quick the pcr result would come back and the price indications were like 200 dollars plus um, yeah yeah when we had I to do thought... our pcr test it was honestly 200 bucks and it was you know it takes 24 hours and it's just it's a lot it's a lot more hassle than just doing a 15 minute rat test 
and to get the result right then and there, know you're good to go. Um, plus, the locations for the rep are so much um, more easily easily accessible. Oh, yeah. So that sounds like a top travel tip is basically mm-hmm. don't. I mean, I suppose it all depends on your destination. Like some destinations may only accept PCRs, but sounds like for Australia. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> sounds like for um, Australia, get yourself a supervised rat test and save yourself the money. Yeah, the other thing you had to do before um, check-in was at least for Australia, um, but I would assume tip something similar was to download an app, and um, it was called a DPD, and you had to submit all of your documents. Um, by scanning them or taking photos, um, put in all your flight details. Um, so that was another thing that they checked at check-in. Yeah, I think a lot of, um, pretty much every country now has their own some sort of vaccination, quarantine, keep yourself safe type of app. Um, I did just see that Singapore is opening up to New Zealanders heading over there as well. Wow, cool. So the world is opening up. And I'm guessing... Going through security was a breeze? Yeah, so when I got to the, you know, the part where you enter and you scan your passport, I was the only person there. Um, and there was just like eight staff members waiting around. I was the only person loading a little um, trolley thing. Um, once I left, a few more people were coming through behind me. But yeah, it was an incredible service. I had so <laughs> many staff available. I didn't even have to touch the trays. They just put them all out for me. And you didn't even have to go to the business class security line because clearly with only a handful of people, everyone's business class. Exactly. Everyone's a VIP. (laughs) And now you're through the other side of security. If you haven't been to Auckland Airport, honestly, very similar to pretty much any international airport, but they used to have quite a good selection of food through security. They had a best ugly bagels. They had quite a lot of shopping. What's all that like? Yeah. So if, as soon as you go through security, you've got like the two big, um, like standard duty free. So, you know, they sell liquor, makeup, perfume, sunglasses, sort of touristy things. Um, and there's two big, big brands. Um, one's completely closed, it's hoarded off, you can't even see it, the other one is open, and honestly, it looked like it was normally stocked. Uh, I think it's kind of like uh, Loop, Loop and Mm. Lotte, I think, are there too. Um, And then once you pass that section, um, there's sort of some um, bougier stores, um, like maybe a Kate Spade, um, a Toomey, I can't remember what the other ones are, um, but there's probably maybe 20 of them all up um, and along that little walkway. Again, I was the only person there walking through at the time. Um, just the Michael Kors was open, having a sale, so, but there was no one in there. I didn't even see a staff member, so it's weird. Hey, look, it's important to know that even in the toughest of times, Michael Kors is supporting you, standing by. Um, and then you come to that sort of large open area where there's, a, again, quite a lot of eateries. It's where the best ugly bags um, And none, nothing there was open. But all of the seating is still available, so you can sit down and, and have a rest. There's, like, so many seats available everywhere. Um, and then as you come up another level, um, there's, like, a McDonald's, and that's where you, like, head towards the gates. Um, in that area, the only thing open was, like, a bar that had sort of a cafe counter, um, so is, that few, the, people, is that where the Burger King is? So the Burger King's closed down and now it's McDonald's. Oh, okay. But yes, that area. 
So the McDonald's was closed post-security. Um, and the only thing post-security was that, yeah, like a little bar, little like airport bar. Yeah, so I know that you had gone to the airport earlier. Like you and I, we've talked about, I guess, different philosophies about spending time at the airport. Catherine and I like to get there early. We normally go to a lounge, mm-hmm. relax, might even have a shower because, you know, getting to the airport itself can sometimes be hot and sweaty, getting through security, hot and sweaty. And it's always nice to relax, have a little bevy. And you're always like more of a later to the airport person, right? I really am. I don't like sitting around. And this time around, you got to the airport, obviously, a little early. I did. So they've extended. Three hours early? Um, yeah, if I leave at four, I was here at. Oh, the taxi one? was quite quick. I was probably here at like one thirty. Yeah, so easily two and a half hours. Yeah. And yeah, you so got through all of that stuff in what, half an hour? Um, no, chicken itself took half an hour, and then the rest was, I don't know, five minutes. <laughs> So now you're left with two hours of nothing. Yeah, we bought in 35 minutes, though, so it's not too much longer. But, yeah, they've extended the check-in time um, for two hours. And then I was but, you know, they say come early, you've got more paperwork to get through. And I just didn't know. Plus, like, workers paid for this flight, so I really didn't want to miss it. And then have to be yeah. like, um, can you rebook? Did <laughs> you consider... Asking for an upgrade at check-in. Or at least sometimes you can get, like, more upfront seats. You can get the bulkhead row. You can get the exit row. You can, you know, like, did, did you consider any sort of – do you do that stuff when you, when yeah, you fly? Honestly, the thought didn't actually cross my mind. I was, like, so busy getting all the paperwork out. Well, not paperwork, mm. but the apps. Um, I didn't even think. And when I went to go choose the flight, it was a really full flight. Like, I'm right at the back, like, row 52 or something. Ugh. Um so I had kind of assumed, yeah, 53A even. So I had kind of assumed it was a pretty busy flight. Um, so no, I didn't ask. Sorry, that would have been a would have been a good um, podcast chat. I mean, maybe on my way back. No, I'm yeah. You might be more sorry than I am, but like I, I do think it is worth it. Like just more for the listeners is you never know. Like sometimes flights can appear booked out, but um, sometimes they and sometimes book seating. Um, They just won't seat certain people on the plane because they want to balance the weight on the plane. So a lot of seats can appear unavailable when they're not actually people on them. Um, And also, normally your check-in agents have a lot of flexibility around sitting by the window, moving up to the front, moving to the exit row. These are all pretty um, attractive places in the plane. And sometimes... It's so romantic hearing the um, the security announcement <laughs> at the airport. Oh, I'm actually surprised we've only had two during this so far. <laughs> That's so, how few flights there really are, because normally you'd have an overhead announcement. You'd like every five it. minutes, yeah. Yeah, people, you know, running late or the next flight to, to board. Yeah, crazy. So some, um, I will say that sometimes um, at the gate – or even during check-in, you can ask for upgrades and you might find them to be really reasonably priced. So that might be another, I mean, maybe you might not want to spend the cash, but sometimes you can also ask for upgrades at the gate. So that's my tip for you. Nice. We've done. I might try it on the way back. 
Yeah, we've done that, and um, this was obviously a long time ago, I think seven years ago, um, when I was going around the world, um, asked at the gate, and this was with Lufthansa, to go from economy to premium economy. And, you know, whatever price it was, it was like a couple of hundred bucks. And, I, you know, it's only a three-hour flight to Australia, but sometimes you might save for like 100, 150 bucks. Actually, flying, you know, premium economy or business might be a quite enjoyable experience for you know that amount of money maybe I'm not suggesting you should you need to have to um yes yeah, so, i mean i guess what's really is your tips to still get there pretty early make sure you've got all your paperwork sorted bring some food is that kind of the vibe yeah definitely have the paperwork sorted there was a lot of people getting turned away from the first checkpoint not even at the check-in desk they have staff like checking people before you join the queue to make sure you've got your negative test you've got the like um dpd form and you've got your international vaccine pass and there was so like i would say 50 percent of the people in the queue were getting turned away because they didn't have um, one of those things and then they'd have to go back out to like the main area do their stuff and then join the queue again so honestly just read the instructions of the country you're visiting to and just have that stuff ready to go um bring a snack because i can easily see if you have a flight maybe later at night or earlier in the morning open um maybe yeah, bring a so, snack yeah unless I'm, you're I like mean, middle of the day considering you're there at like 1 p.m to 4 p.m you're not there at like midnight or anything like no, that no. this is sort of the daylight hours on a Sunday. And I think that um, email from Auckland Airport was basically after 6pm or whatever it was. There's kind of nothing. Mm. And I'm flying back at 10pm, so I kind of expect coming back um, at 10, it'll be dead. Yes. Um, yeah. My, my, I don't know. I don't know if I needed to get here as early as I did. I could have cut off 30 minutes and I think still have been fine. But again, work paid for this so I didn't want to risk it maybe I would have been more flexible if it was my own money and I mean it's Sunday so like half an hour sitting at home or a half an hour at the airport I suppose it's probably neither here nor there right exactly and the flights are super expensive like there are no sales on you're paying total full price for me <laughs> yeah yeah I did see I think I just had a look um the Qantas flight's about $600 one way yep sure is uh, yeah, so I think this is probably what the most important bit, I guess, for listeners is just flying isn't as easy breezy as it used to be. And I think yeah. as New Zealanders, we really used to f travel being quite easy breezy. You know, like a guy I used to work with was from Pakistan and he couldn't even transit Australia without a transit visa. So yeah. there's some people who are, are used to having a really hard travel experience. In some countries, you you know, you had to get an ESTA before you enter, you had to get an ETA, you have to get all these sort of pre-approvals. And now it's actually, there's quite a lot of paperwork and you need to get your shit sorted. So just don't be casual, do your research, understand the, the things you need to do, understand the apps you need to have. And, you know, Australia is probably still one of the easiest countries for New Zealand uh, New Zealanders to have all that stuff versus exactly America, like, Canada, Singapore, etc. Yeah, this is probably the minimum amount of admin I needed to do to travel right now. Um, and even that felt like a lot. The app thing last night took me probably close to 30 minutes to do. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, we would we would never spend 30 minutes filling in paperwork before a flight before. So it is different. Um, but hey, it's nice. At least the borders are open and we can go somewhere if we want. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing is that it's really important to note that the people working for the airlines and the airports are trying to help you out. If you don't have your paperwork sorted or you're trying to download this app and it's not downloading or the internet's not working or whatever, like they can't just wave these requirements away. They're not like, you know, they're not their requirements. They're requirements from other countries. And so when we were flying um, around this time last year from LA back to Auckland, there were some people who um, didn't have the right information on their PCR test. So the PCR test had to state... Um, you know, like all the vaccination had to state when the vaccination was and what arm and what dose and who made it. And the PCR test had to be what type of PCR test and how it was done and who was the laboratory and all that type of stuff. And because they had just been quite casual about doing that, you know, the airlines are like, no, actually, here's the requirements from the Ministry of Health. And I know it's obviously a little more relaxed these days, but it's still, you don't want to be caught being stuck at the airport. And the other thing is, is that there isn't really many flights. It's not like in the old days where if you missed this flight to Sydney, there might be another three heading, you know, going to Sydney, Mm -hmm. you know, after you. If you miss this flight, you might not be going even tomorrow or, you, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So I think sounds like it's quite a different experience from you from the last time that you must have headed overseas. Was that Hawaii or? No, the last trip, the last time I was here was March 2020. So exactly two years ago. And we went to Fiji. I can't even remember the flight. It was so, I can't even remember the airport. It was so un, uneventful. You know, mm. it would have just been normal airport. Um, the only thing I do remember is when we, when we arrived in Fiji, they took our temperature, but I, they didn't do that when we landed back in New Zealand. Um, so that was a really just the start of at least the Pacific, um, you know, realizing COVID was maybe a thing to worry about. So I think sound- I came back like two, maybe two weeks before the borders closed. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah. it sounds like we're then going to have, this must be, I think, part one of at least the two part series. Around, (laughs) Because there's all this kind of excitement coming up. I'd love to hear about Qantas. Like, have you flown Qantas before? I don't think I have. Um, All I can think is perhaps one time I was on maybe like a Virgin flight and they co-chaired with Qantas. Mm. Because I don't think I've ever booked a Qantas, but I have a feeling I may have been on maybe a Qantas flight. You know, like... Like Australia to New, uh, New Zealand to Australia, and then Virgin took me from Australia to the states. Um, so I'm a little bit hazy on that. I'll maybe maybe things will come to mind once I get on board. Because in New Zealand, if you are not familiar with them, uh, do they kind of? I think they're kind of a bit like a a budget carrier and a full service carrier glued into one. It's a really unbundled pricing structure so Mm. you know you can just get seat and seat means no carry-on not even movies on the plane not even food but though you can pay for food on the plane 
And then you can get C plus bag, or then you can get the works, which includes the movies and stuff. And then there's a little bit more than that. Versus Qantas full service. So you're going to get yourself a meal and 30 kgs of luggage, right? Yeah, which I didn't realize. I guess it's been so long. Plus, most of the time I'm flying to Australia. I'm going to New Zealand. Um, so when my boss sent me the flights, he was like, here you go. Um, I was like, oh, Qantas doesn't have any, the Qantas one says no luggage. And he was like, no, um, that's no additional luggage. It's like, it's a full service. The bag's included. Don't worry. I was like, oh, lol. Um, so yeah, I'm just a little bit out of touch. Um, and not even, <laughs> not even the normal 23 kilos that I think Air New Zealand does, but 30. 30. Do you like, am I flying to Hawaii? Oh my God, generous. Yeah, one thing to note is Qantas are full service. What they've done is they've made Jetstar their low-cost carrier. And one thing I think that's really egregious with Jetstar is when you pay for luggage, they make it like 20 kilos. And so if, you know, like if you just think of like, ah, in my head, 21 kilos is what I'm allowed because it's like every airline, except for Jetstar, that's like 20 or you can then pay a little bit more to bump it up to 21 or 23 or whatever. But Ugh. just, it's just, you know, they nickel and dime you. So I'm glad that yeah. you're on this full service airline. Um, you're flying into like Qantas's home territory of Sydney. So it'll be interesting to hear about the experience landing at um, Kingford Smith Airport. And yeah, hence I think that this must be part one of at least a two part tale, which is traveling after the pandemic. Oh, what a beautiful two-part series. Right? You're the one experiencing it. And thank you, Sam, for being flexible. Nice. Well, hey, got some time to kill. You do have some time to kill. Enjoy enjoy your flight. Hopefully you've got got some noise-canceling headphones. Are you using rocking AirPods or AirPod Pros? Little AirPods. Honestly, maybe have a peek at like Judy Free for AirPod Pros or something. They're so good. I, I flew know. with, I, you know, flew up to Auckland with these AirPod Pros and the plane engine is like no sound. Yeah, Not nice. even like a little bit of sound, but like legit, it was like the plane wasn't turned on. I was like, damn, these things are really good for that type of noise. <laughs> are we on a, an electric plane? <laughs> yeah, they're just really amazing. So that might be interesting. I'm um, keen to see what the um, entertainment selection is like. I don't even know what movies they show on planes these days. <laughs> I know, honestly, my movie choice tends to be something Marvel. Just like I never, Ooh, okay. um, I never, yeah, I never bother to really watch Marvel movies. I don't go to the movies to do it. So then it's like, oh, what's what's the latest one? Oh, the Avengers. Whatever. <laughs> like, you know, I'm so behind the times, but you're there for three hours. You've got nothing else to do. I definitely don't want to do work. So that's that's normally my pick of the bunch. Yeah, and, like, the thing with a flight to Australia is it's not usually lo- quite long enough to watch two movies. Mm-mm. Like, two short movies. So then it's like, do I find one really long one or...? Hey, look, I think that uh, we're probably at the end of today's podcast. We're a little bit short, but uh, I think you've got a flight to catch coming up, right? Get a bit of a head to the gate. Uh, see how many people are really on this flight. Yeah, exciting. Hey, thanks everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed 
the previous 11 podcasts and I hope you've enjoyed <laughs> number 12 as well yeah definitely an interesting one excellent alright thanks everybody thanks guys